3: And welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat IGN's Nintendo podcast this week, the week of July 30th. Today, we'll be talking about the huge release gaps between Nintendo's best-selling games, the Nintendo Giga League, and a lot more. I'm your host, Casey DeFritis, and this week, I am joined by Brian Altano.
0: My FedEx guy is here, too, to join the show.
3: Oh, perfect. What's he delivering today?
0: Uh, something I might be able to show on the show next week, actually.
3: Okay, cool. Awesome. So I'm I excited. Okay. We'll have to do that. Build it. Now I'm thinking of what it could be. No, I, spoilers. And I'm also joined today by Per Schneider. Hello. And Zach Ryan. Hello.
2: I didn't see you there. Uh, of course
3: you didn't. How many chapters did you get through your book while waiting for me to get It's do a heavy
2: book. Track? My arms are tired. It was, it was mostly it was pictures. Though, so. Yeah, that's true, too. I don't know did how to get, read. It's.
1: <laughs> did you get to the part where the skeleton is Link? yes what mm-hmm. okay
2: it's very how can how can big time be block
0: a twist? girl and a skeleton that's true it's, no it's a question i think, historian I think of girls
3: asking. also have skeletons brian i know it's surprising <laughs> mm,
0: agree to disagree
3: <laughs> agree to disagree that's fine we can agree to disagree all day but you know what we can't agree on is that there's nothing coming out for the rest of the year from nintendo at least as far as we know
1: <laughs> disagree on that too
3: <laughs> disagree. Disagree, to disagree so Last week, we got a mini direct, but we still don't know anything that is coming from Nintendo specifically for the rest of this year. Pear went ahead and put together a really awesome list. You might have seen it if you follow his Twitter about games that we haven't seen in a while that might be coming. I say might. I mean, this is super speculative. We really don't know, but I thought it'd be interesting to go over this list of games to see how many years it's been since we've gotten a new installment of games probably doesn't say that we'll get the ones that's been the longest since we've seen but see, maybe
1: no see that's where i was trying to get it i was trying to figure out all right is there a certain cadence and i've done this in the past too like looked at whether there's a certain cadence where nintendo renews these games they there is right nintendo in order to keep keep their franchises going they they send life signs out but that doesn't necessarily mean a new installment. It may mean a character inclusion in smash or, you know, like putting an F zero track in Nintendo land, stuff like that. Um, So I don't, I don't know how helpful it is to, uh, to actually predict what is going to come out and what will come out. Because like, at first, I was like, all right, the games that sell the most are the games that Nintendo puts on a schedule to be renewed at least every four years. And then you go, well, hold on, it's like an Animal Crossing sold like 40 million or something, at the series, and we had to wait eight years eight since years Animal Crossing New Leaf, right? Right. But they did have a mobile release, so you know they kind of
0: and Happy Home bit, Designer. But. Everyone loved Happy Home Designer. I believe I don't know right, if was there was, was also of Happy
2: it. Home Designer.
3: Yeah. I don't know if either of those count. IG and so Happy 2013.
2: Home. They count in the way that they are both Animal Crossing products. I mean, you, you know, That's they true. definitely fall under the same umbrella. So Depending I don't know. Do you want to look?
1: Do, do you want to talk about the ones that haven't been renewed in a long time or, yes. you know, maybe our guess is like, I think everybody here has the list in front of them, but like our guess is what we think will be revisited next.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes, let's just really it. quickly recap. In the last five years, we've gotten Paper Mario, Animal Crossing. We've gotten a Pokemon like we always get new Pokemons, Yoshi, Luigi's Mansion, Fire Emblem. And, and some of these like had big gaps. Like it had been kind of a couple of years since we had another Luigi's Mansion. It had been. It's there. All been short, really short gaps between these games, like Mario and Zelda and Mario Party. Like they're not long gaps. But then the games that we haven't seen in the past ten years, they always have really long gaps. It seems. Yeah, like I mean, Metroid.
2: Yeah, dude. Well, there was a period there where there was a lot of Metroid happening, though. You know, there was a Mm -hmm. there was a brief period there with with Prime prime two prime three uh metroid fusion metroid zero, zero mission. mission uh the, the 3ds one you know like there's mm-hmm. a whole, there was a lot of metroid i feel like in a very short time frame and then now it's just been forever since we've seen a, a metroid
1: a, a new one right we got samus returns, returns obviously returns, right. so yeah you know we're looking at kind of they they are shortening the gap between games with remakes and that's what happened with links awakening obviously too right we got links awakening to take the spot in between you know the next breath of the wild and you know the last one and certainly that happened with metroid 2 with samus returns and the other game that shall not be named
0: this one at least this one at least uh federation for us sorry this one at least is something that we know confirmed is in development uh we know it's taking its sweet time and was basically rebooted we got a logo reveal for it which is more than you can say for a lot of the other speculation that's going to be on this list in a minute but this week there's there's a there's a shot of people in the nintendo world Store reacting to the metroid prime 4 logo i was in the e3 war room when this thing got revealed with a bunch of you this was exciting Years have passed since then, but
1: still. Yeah, I was going
2: to say, but yeah.
1: (laughs) I think it's very safe to say that Metroid uh, obviously is is coming back beyond Metroid Prime 4 too, right? Like the Samus Mm -hmm. Returns model, it's easy to apply that to some of the classics. Like you know, Zero Mission. These these games were really, really good. And it's just that they're not being played anymore because they're on, you know, bygone platforms that are not in active use anymore. And so Nintendo revisiting that or putting the, the same team on doing a Super Metroid 2D remake, to me feels like that that's going to be, they're going to employ that same tactic like they did with Link's Awakening and Samus Returns. I, then the... I, I just Go wanted ahead. to mention
3: okay. that it, it seems like Samus Returns sales weren't that great though nope. and i don't think well, metro sales that...
2: have metroid sales have never been that great you know i think yeah. that that's part of the conversation that you got to have when you're talking about metroid is like it's always been sort of like a b or even c tier nintendo game despite mm. the fact that you know nintendo fans love metroid they've always sold like pretty middling
1: <laughs> yeah but i also think the ds and then the 3ds were very different audiences um from Nintendo's consoles and like mm-hmm. Axiom Verge did great on Switch. And that's a, you know, that's an indie game that is, a, it is available on other platforms and, you know, eight bit re like an eight bit looking Metroid game. And it did really, really well. And so I do think that there is a little bit more of a core gamer audience that plays these um, these Metroidvanias on the Switch. Otherwise, people wouldn't be making them. And so I actually think Samus Returns would fare really well on the Switch if they re released it. But it also wasn't the best Metroid game, right? Let's be honest, it had some issues. Mm-hmm. And then so if we if we keep going down the list, it's been 11 years since we've seen any life sign from the Excite bike slash Excite truck or bots franchise. So the Excite racers are gone. I think that's generally a story. um, You know, there are not that many racing game franchises that are active, uh, especially on Nintendo platforms. Punch Out hasn't been around for 11 years. I don't think either one of those are going to reappear magically before the end of the year or even next year. But then it's been 12 years since Advance Wars, and you know that I will not give up until we <laughs> have Advance Wars return. That one hurts.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like Punch-Out! would be a really easy big win with the sort of lapsed gamer nostalgic crowd that's kind of re-entered through, uh, via the Switch. Um, yeah. The Excite! franchise is weird because... Um, that was basically a, a reboot of an ancient NES to then N64 franchise that launched with the Wii predating Mario Kart. And so once yeah. Mario Kart came in, I there was really no reason for them to divert their attention from that franchise because it, it just sold so incredibly well. It, I think it would be bizarre right now to fast track an Excite bike or Excite truck sequel. Also, those those were so hinged on the sort of motion controls and like, you know, doing those flip jumps and stuff yeah. like that. I her, had
3: a lot of fun you know. with Excite Truck. Yeah, me <laughs> too. They, me they too. actually
1: all are good. I mean, I, yeah. Excite Bike 64 was great too. Dif- different game, much more technical. But like, I think you're right. I think Punch-Out has an identity and it has a character in Smash. And mm-hmm. so I do think that Punch-Out will come back in the future. Whereas like, I think Excite Bike, maybe they'll do another 2D little mini game on the um, eShop or something. But I don't think they're going to sink a lot of time into making a new yeah.
3: one. I think, I think a Punch-Out with, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I think a Punch-Out game with motion controls using the Joy-Con would actually be pretty cool. Yep. yep. Yeah.
2: And then it's you been, if I go faster, out. go ahead. I was just going to say, you could easily implement a lot of the stuff that's happening in ARMS with the motion controls into a Punch-Out game. And I think, yeah. you know, obviously those are two different sort of like feels, but yeah, similar kind of concept.
1: They should have a, had a little Mac robot in, <laughs> uh, in Punch-Out, like a yeah, I mean, training robot.
0: No, Smash Brothers has recontextualized a lot of these things. Like, you know, Metroid historically didn't sell super well. I think um mm-hmm. I think Samus Returns sold like half a million, which is half as much as other M did. And then uh, you know, the Super Punch Out for Wii, I remember sold pretty well though. Like that was that was kicking around for a while. But all those characters, yeah. you know, a bunch of those characters are in Smash Brothers now. And so I, I think I think that there's like there's a way to to get people back on board with that franchise pretty easily.
3: Yeah, I Uh, completely agree.
1: It's been 13 years since Elite Beat Agents came out. Uh, The sequel came out in Japan. We didn't even get that one, right? It's been 16 years since F-Zero, which you know is a crime against humanity. Does
3: someone know exactly why that was trending last weekend? Yeah, yeah. Pear was Pear was talking about it.
2: Yeah, I was talking about. It. No, <laughs> so it, was, um, it was on a Twitter rant about F Zero, and this time it stuck.
1: <laughs> no, it was re-registering some some domain.
3: Okay.
1: Um. Yeah. Look, I mean, they. You. You will see games trend when a do- domain lease gets renewed, or a new social account gets registered, or uh, even if just a trademark gets renewed, filed, which yeah. you know, as as a as a company, you got to keep doing now. If you're familiar with the old... Um with With the old uh, Marvel story, right, like Marvel had sold off a bunch of its licenses to different companies, and in order for say Fox to retain uh, um, you know Fantastic Four, they had to release products um, they had the movie license, mm-hmm. so they had to put out products and if If it goes dormant, uh, the uh, license holder can reclaim the the license and The same thing happens with trademarks if you don 't use them, it you may get rejected when you 're trying to file a renewal. And um, we talked a little bit about this, I think, last episode too. And F Zero, Nintendo can renew because it has characters in Smash, and so um, they don't really need to make a new game. And I think they have proven that. <laughs> in the, in that we haven't seen one in sixteen years, which is sad.
3: But I don't know yeah. out of out of everything on this list, and then we've also you also have Wave Race Detective Club and then Earthbound it's been 26 years and you think as much as people talk about Earthbound and Mother 3 you think we would have gotten something by now it's
1: earthbound is especially confounding like really there's no excuse anymore it's like they what whatever the you know the internal issues the uh, war that nintendo had with the series creator and like you know obviously they gave um, development to Mother 3, which began life as a game on 64DD. I recently reread my uh, hands-on impressions from, from Nintendo yeah. Space World 1999.
2: I saw I saw um, that Twitter thread where you were talking to that guy about the, that preview.
1: And I I, uh, I read I, that as well. I went I went into our CMS and I fixed the video. We actually have the video footage of it too. Just um, fixed it so that you can, can watch it again. And it's like, it's they, the I think it was Brownie Brown, another developer reused, you know, scenarios and designs from uh, the original Mother 3 concept, which was on DD and then moved to cartridge. And then it came out in Japan on the GBA. I have it. Um, I have the amazing Game Boy Micro uh, Mother 3 edition as well with it there's just no excuse like why that game doesn't just get localized to have a life sign in the u.s and make this available on the eShop for the switch it's just like it doesn't make sense it's it's mean if they were if they were
2: if they were looking to bring mother three to the states in a big way they would use the toyetic look in the engine from link's awakening and do like an earthbound game in that engine because that art style so perfectly complements that engine like or mm-hmm. that that series that'd be really really smart yeah that especially would be some so of the good.
0: the background or the backgrounds and sort of like environments in that game are like very uh sort of sculpy clay you know that that mm-hmm. weird set sort of machine to them um i think that's a great idea that would that would fit perfectly but Sculpey then clay. they would have Who to sculpy clay i yeah. you guys never used that <laughs> before that's yeah, what the I've fedex guy yeah. brought i think
3: <laughs> sculpy clay
0: that's yeah that's i've gotten really into sculpey clay during quarantine yes. you guys i've you gotta come look at this yeah
3: all of those it's figures behind you it's, it's crazy how they're all handmade yeah. you made all of them completely yeah. by yourself while in quarantine
0: i was actually yeah. gonna mail them in a nintendo power and show them but then i realized they haven't made that magazine in like 11 years so Aww. i'm bummed out um but check out nintendo force they're doing the same deal um yeah no i'm i'm totally into that it it feels like it's one of those things where it's it, it's lapsed so long since a new entry in this franchise that it's almost like a like a Half-Life 4 type of situation, you know, or Half-Life 3, where you're like, what's, like, where do you go from here that makes everybody happy? It's been so long that I think you're just bound to let people down. But even just like a right. remaster is such a great way to, to like reintroduce uh, new generations
1: to that game. Like,
0: it's and there are so
3: many people who are familiar with it now because of Lucas and Ness and Smash Bros. Yeah, so.
1: right. And it's Why not, not like, I mean, you you don't just, you have characters, you have items from the game. It's like in, integral to Smash and it is a known Nintendo franchise. And I I, I do think it's going to come back, but it, like that is out of the entire list. That's the worst part of franchise care here is in that they could have done more stuff with Mother 3, whereas like you can see like, you know, maybe it's not the time for a new excite bike or a game like that because that those games just don't that genre doesn't sell that well. Or 1080 snowboarding, right? Like, snowboarding games were, uh, you know, were on fire for a while and then nobody bought them uh, again. And that maybe they'll mothball that until extreme sports are coming back or, you know, maybe they'll bring back a wave race or something. But EarthBron just doesn't make any sense.
0: We're having, like, a sort of bizarre uh, renaissance of skateboarding games this year across multiple platforms, which I never would have expected, but... Yeah. yeah. Um and so, you know, like EA announced a new skate shaped game whatever that is. We got the new Tony Hawk there's Skater XL, a bunch of other stuff, Skatebird, which is coming to Switch, which I'm really excited for. Um so maybe maybe snowboarding's not far behind? I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I don't think so. I do I do think like, <laughs> you know, the 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 other stuff on the list, the games that are more frequently uh, renewed. I think those are the ones to look for for the for Q4 this year. I think we will get announcements soon. And like, I would more look at a Super Mario series remake as kind of being mm-hmm. a, you know, a September type game to fill the gap. And then, you know, the egregious one is the Donkey Kong franchise. That series sells so well, and we haven't heard a life sign in six years. Um, yeah. Actually, a, I mean, a new game, a truly new yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, you could argue that Funky Kong mode in Tropical Freeze is a completely different experience. you know? Maybe not.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, we got DKC as a re-release, right? So they they are they are kind of like keeping the name and the franchise alive. But uh, like Nintendo dogs, um, it feels like those other games that, that are waiting for a new installment.
0: The the DKC franchise is fascinating because for years uh, the Nintendo audience was pretty split in that they were happy they existed, but they were also acknowledging the fact that those resources from Retro could have gone to a new Metroid Prime game. And now mm-hmm. we have neither. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, it's kind of a bummer.
3: It is. Yeah. It is a bummer. It's a bummer that we don't know what else is coming, but hopefully us go looking back on all of these games that we haven't seen in a really long time has got you thinking about what is to come. I think Pear is right on the money when he says we're, we should be looking out for a some sort of Mario remake. I mean, we had mm-hmm. those rumors previously. It is the 35th anniversary of Mario this year. And I, I'm i still holding out for Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 holiday season to compete, try to, like, compete with new consoles. But I, think, I yeah, know. Yeah,
2: I would love for that to be the case, too. <laughs> they, but I, Me, the, too. The, the, every week that goes by without any kind of hint or news, the less and less likely I, I feel know. Like it is. Yeah. I'm yeah. actually, I'm going to push I back and say, I don't,
0: I don't want that game to come in November because, <laughs> like... I'm just looking at the release calendar. I'm, as a multi-platform owner, I'm inundated <laughs> with open world games in, you know, the the end of October, the, the sort of like September to November window is insane right now. And so- yeah. December,
3: true. just yeah. for you. I mean, Smash yeah. came out in December. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, like December, I think, yeah, December 10th or 8th or something like that for Smash. Yeah. That would be perfect for Breath of the Wild too. Yeah, let's
3: but do yeah. it. All right, you I, heard of I, Nintendo. I was going to I think-
0: I think the important thing is that, um, as Nintendo fans, as Nintendo announces new Nintendo Directs, and they specifically state that none of these things will be in them, it is important for us to continue to assume that they will be. (laughs) Otherwise, we will be letting down
2: ourselves, which is the most important part. Oh, my gosh. This truly, you raise a great point, Brian.
3: I'm just going to... I know I've said this before, but maybe the best strategy is to have no expectations because then you can never be let down by anything or anyone, including your beloved video game companies. And with that, let's talk about another thing. I, that was, I don't have a segue for this. Anyway, I'm sure everyone knows that there were tons of Nintendo leaks released last Friday an anonymous 4chan user uploaded a ton of files and shared the link to them. And it is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of files about everything from Nintendo's history. You get, you have assets from both published and unreleased games, development timelines, presentations, and even private emails and chats between employees, which honest it's stealing. Like this was all stolen. Mm -hmm. It is in an ethically, not great area, especially I felt kind of grimy reading conversations between employees don't recommend, but as a Nintendo podcasts and as Nintendo fans, we can't ignore some of the more interesting things that, that came out of this leak. So I wanted us to talk about some of the more interesting things that we found out from this leak and then kind of talk about the ethical dilemmas that come with something like this.
0: Yeah. Um. I- I will say real quick before we get into it that mm-hmm. it's, we, and I agree, we're, we're all using the word leak for this, but that's an interesting term because I, that is a word that we use when a new video game mm-hmm. that's about to get announced deliberately gets leaked, mm-hmm. right? When somebody sees somebody else, you know, going through a PDF of the new Assassin's Creed game on a plane, they take a picture of it or they write some notes down, which happens you know, twice a year, uh, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, constantly, <laughs> yeah. constantly. Um, that's called a leak, right? When, when a, a teamster at, at E3 is standing in front of the construction wall that has a picture of Mario maker on it, he's like, I just built this wall, check it out. And it says super Mario maker, you know, a new announced game or whatever. That's a leak. Um, this is, this is a lot different than that because this is, this was stuff that was by all, by all respects and intents uh, was never meant to be deliberately released in any form by Nintendo. And yet here we are pouring over it. So it's just, I I think it's just worth pointing that out that this is, this is a little different than the usual kind of situation we deal with in the games industry and movies and stuff like that too.
2: I think it's a really interesting juxtaposition because as a Nintendo fan, as a lifelong Nintendo fan, it's amazing to see these lost worlds and these lost character designs and these, these things that could have been. Um, but there is, you know, there is the idea of like, as an artist, you work on something and you work on it and you toil and you, you tweak and you make sure that it's right before you put it out into the world and all that stuff that gets left, you know, on the cutting room floor, for instance, that's not meant to see the light of day. And this is an example where all of that stuff has been dredged up and like put it out into the public spotlight. So while it's cool to see alternate sprites and stuff, it is probably alarming for these employees and these artists and stuff that work so hard on this, um, to bring the best possible version forward to see this stuff kind of come out. And I I think, um, just to kind of frame this, this conversation, uh, Mike Micah from digital eclipse, he tweeted out a couple of days ago and I thought this was like, Pretty much nailed it. He says, real talk, this Nintendo leak is bad on so many levels. It hurts Nintendo, it hurts fans, and it turns the topic of preservation into a topic of security and tightening the grip on intellectual property, regardless of the historical or educational value to history. And I just thought that that was like a pretty spot-on assessment of what's happening uh, with these these particular leaks. So mm-hmm. anyway... Now let's talk about all the cool stuff
3: that we saw. Yeah, I I can't. But on that note, I can't imagine if all of my deleted, trashed first draft articles were published. Mm -hmm, I mean, so so much of that is just word dumps that I never would want anyone to ever look at. And that's kind of some of the content that we're looking at here is things that people...
2: yeah, for every for every song that I've written that I like, I've written 15 songs that are so terrible that I would die of embarrassment if they got out, you know, right. <laughs> I, I was actually going to totally bring what you're that. saying. I was
0: right. going to bring that up, Zach, because like in, in the music world a lot, you see like there's like, dem- you know, uh, live besides demos. And, and, demos and, besides. And, yeah. and again, a lot of those are like, you know, back in the 90s, you would go to like Tower Records. They would sell import CDs of like bands that you were into and they had like the Japanese paper strip on the side. And it'd be super cool because you'd get all this stuff that you'd never hear uh legally released in america and some of that was like demos that bandmates leaked and stuff like that and other stuff would be like live versions of songs they played in the video game industry we're used to data mining which is and you see this with smash Brothers fans all the times so they will they'll rip a disc basically seconds after a game is out or even before and they'll pour through every single folder and every single detail and they'll find little instances of words that mention a character that could be released in dlc down the line and so you know our Brains start going crazy. What's this? What's that? This is this is even different than data mining because this is this is not this is not digging through the details in a in a released product where somebody accidentally left a secret or a surprise. Mm-hmm. This is like they were th- these were vaults that were broken into through um, so basically a security bypass through the IQ, which was Nintendo's uh, sort of Chinese um, disc or cartless uh nintendo 64 plug-and-play system right and yeah. and through sort of a security flaw in that uh they were able to get into like nintendo servers and, and pull out gigs of information um most yeah. of it pertaining to some of the most iconic and classic games that we've ever seen come from their studio and well, so and,
2: and yeah. not only that but like code like lines yeah. and lines and lines like full games worth of code like dylan cuthbert who worked on Star Fox 2 was you know tweeting it like hey this really sucks that this is happening but also like i haven't seen this Star Fox code in 30 mm-hmm. years and looking at it now i can see exactly where all these you know like these ideas were being plugged in and stuff and it's like really exciting to see that stuff again but mm-hmm. you know it's just that's super so, weird so,
1: yeah that's that's the one positive in that First of all, you can see that Nintendo cares about preservation and archives this stuff. Mm -hmm. So they didn't just throw all of this out. They obviously stored it somewhere and they have, you know, entire um, sprites and animation sequences and middleware and all of that stuff. Like some of these ideas stored somewhere. Now, the... The difficult thing is like, let's say that they were really believing in um, preservation and they have somebody working on that archive. And maybe sometime when they create a book about their products, maybe they drag that stuff out and they show us stuff like the original artwork and unrelated information. We see that we saw that with High Hyrule Historia, right? Some of the the uh, sanctioned products. But it might also be the danger that. Only Dylan Cuthbert and like the handful of people who were at Argonaut by, back there understand what that one piece of software actually was and did, and no historian working at Nintendo would be able to do anything with that file. And so there is a a, a little bit of positivity. In, in that information being released, it would be nice if it obviously wasn't stolen and it was freely given. And then for people to kind of like dig in and, and kind of try to restore what's in there. Because that's the other thing you're seeing now is you're there there is no version of, likely, there's likely no version of Super Mario 64 where... Luigi is a playable character who's running around. You can control it. But a person who is a demo programmer will take the assets that they find and then they plug it back into the game code and they make that character appear. So what you're seeing is not exactly what Nintendo had archived. You're seeing somebody... uh, It's a little bit like Jurassic Park, right? They plug the frog DNA in. Yeah. Um, And as we all know, that ends really well.
0: (laughs) Well, and the difference here too is that, you know, modders have been doing you know frankenstein patchwork onto ancient nintendo games for years like this now um but this is this is running off of official code and so this the like modders were able to get this 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 leak has happened in waves and it, it happened with mario 64 initially a little while ago and they were able and to it, get
3: we yeah, got a they bunch of able, stuff from pokemon earlier as well which exactly. may have been part of this
0: yeah and so people were able to get um not an emulated version but a natively running version of Super Mario 64 running on PC uh within seconds which N- Nintendo obviously immediately hunted down um I'll say first off that like I'm a you know gigantic Mario 64 fan and you know uh, see, seeing elements of this game from uh you know ancient E3 betas and IGN 64 screenshots from 100,000 years ago um in high definition and also hearing you know so long king bowser like in the sort of un- uncompressed wave file for the first time ever stuff like that is like it really geeks me out and it makes me think that like if there exists uh, something of uh, source material of that high quality that when nintendo does officially remaster this game um, they have some really awesome stuff to work with you know it's, it's really cool to think about that kind of stuff
2: yeah there's been there's been some super mario 64 like doctored up screenshots floating around looking at like really high res texture packs and stuff, uh, that look amazing that this, you know, I totally see where you're coming from on that. Like it very well could Mm be the the reality that we're looking at for a Mario 64 remake or remaster.
0: Yeah. And this, this was stuff that was squashed down that couldn't fit on a cart, you know, like gigantic wave files for, uh, songs from, you know, F zero and, and Mario 64 and stuff like that. There's also like, we're seeing sort of like, uh, alternate versions of games that didn't necessarily exist like early mm-hmm. leaks of Mario Kart have long been rumored to not really be a Mario Kart game at all. And we saw some sprite leaks that uh, confirmed that uh, there were I don't know if you guys saw, there were sprites of these sort of generic like red, white and blue helmeted squat, little kind of chibi drivers in carts and actual hovercrafts, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Cause we didn't see hovercrafts like basically dip into the Mario Kart franchise for a while, but it looks like they were kind of there from day one before it then became a Mario game.
1: <laughs> yeah my my favorite my favorite part of the leaks besides like some of the test areas for ocarina of time and mario that didn't make it the the final game was the uh the super donkey uh, footage um that we saw so super donkey looks like a character nintendo created and then threw away and never used like almost like a prototype for a new super mario world or yoshi's island game like it's uh, the the texture and tile set looks very yoshi's island and like I, I'm kind of like it's good that they threw this character away. I don't like him at all. Um, he looks a little bit like a budget Rayman to me, uh, but like this two-legged, um, this two-legged character um, who you know navigates a world uh, similar to to Mario. That's two D side scroller. Um, I'm happy that we got uh, Yoshi's Island instead, if that's what it turned into.
2: Uh, I, I loved seeing all the alternate sprites. Like I loved seeing you know weird long Yoshi and uh all the different Mario sprites and like there's a, a Link sprite from a, a BS Zelda Two uh game that was you know potentially being made. That was really, really cool. But I also really love like all the high res uh, assets and art from the manuals. Um, just looking at like the detail on a lot of the stuff from Ocarina of Time, you know, there's some like pretty surprising revelations when you get in there and look at that stuff. So like, yeah, I, 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 that stuff was really, really cool to me.
3: Yeah. There's, there's stuff from the, those high res assets that like Pear and I didn't notice at all. Like the lens of truth actually has a pair of lips. If you look closely enough, I never noticed that. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's it It has strange. an eyeball. Well, that I knew. But... Yep. I saw
0: a around with that one where people were wondering if it, if that's because the great fairy originally was supposed to give it to you because it, it's it apparently is a very oh. similar character model to the. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot to unpack there.
1: <laughs> I always thought it was a jewel on the hilt, but yeah, it turns out it's a pair of red lips.
0: Yeah, lips yeah. are the jewel of just... the face, as they say. <laughs> Can yeah, we just call go. Pear
2: out for a little bit here, though, and say that in our NBC Slack channel, when we were talking about the lens of truth having lips, Pear said that he never put it together, that that was an eye. It was supposed to be an eye. I didn't yeah. I didn't see that it was an eyeball. Like a... <laughs> that is insane yeah. to me,
1: sir. Wow. <laughs> like, well, who has an eyeball on a stick?
3: I mean, it is a lens. <laughs> these things. The whole game is full of nonsense magic. Yeah.
1: Also will no, <laughs> <laughs> But who what has, did you like, Casey? Who has boots Just that make <laughs> you float? <laughs> besides that i did In my dreams i have them
0: hold on let me go check
1: i have a flute that changes
0: their time <laughs> all
1: right go ahead casey this is not going anywhere
3: It's okay um i really like seeing concept art so we got to see kind of the evolution of what yoshi could have been up into the mm-hmm. point and he had a lot of different design changes and i Very really like the yeah, the very first rendition, he's like a super skinny, tall raptor very thing gross. without a saddle. Hated
0: them. He, yeah, <laughs> he looks like the what, the version that ended up in the live action movie, almost like he's a really <laughs> yes. dinosaur, like a little turkey yeah. raptor. <laughs> yeah, I think he's, he's
3: looking
0: mushroom. You know, mm-hmm. the skinny mushroom from Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. There was also a leak. There was a leaked character model of Yoshi in Mario sixty four that looks different too. But those were weird because those character models are not fully built in the code. So the way people were able to extrapolate them, it's just like pieces of Yoshi blown out into smithereens that they then tethered back together to build a Yoshi. It's like archaeology.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's sticking up old dinosaur bones. It is. It's exactly what that is. He's got a thorn on the
3: thumb, not on the nose. (laughs) I I also (laughs) wanted to mention that there was a a presentation from IQ um, for an online Game Boy Advance slash PC Pokemon game. And a lot of people are calling this a Pokemon MMO, but if you go through the slideshow, it wasn't an MMO. It was Pokemon Fire, Red, and Leaf Green with additional online features you could access by connecting your game to the internet via the PC. And it would also limit some things, like you could only have 30 Pokemon in your PC when you're offline at a time. So it would kind of force you to connect online to do things. But it wasn't—it wasn't an MMO like how you would think. But I still think it's interesting that they were discussing these online features that are now common in Pokemon games all the way back with the Game Boy Advance.
2: And, and I wanted to mention that they mm-hmm. found the F word in the Star Fox code, which I thought they was did. very funny. Yeah, and Star
3: Fox are linked to the past, or
0: was it in both?
2: It was in Link sure. to the Past, and then, you know... Star, the, I think it was in Star Fox 2 also, but... They, they all the things, they had like there's the F-word hidden in the code.
0: So, yeah. you Uniracers for Super Nintendo, when that, when that first got, like, um, sort of, like, leaked for ROMs, um, people found tons of curse words in that game, which is very mm-hmm. odd. Uh, and so maybe that's, that, that's been a Nintendo secret, because I don't think they can curse a lot at work, so they probably just put it all... hidden uh, okay. ...in the margins.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: But um, before we move on, Zach, you have a quote here um, from the piece on Vice, if you could oh, yeah. read that from us. Yeah. yeah, so
2: Patrick Klepek wrote a really great write-up about the, you know, what the leaks mean to video game history and things like that. And he interviewed a lot of people that, that actually wanted to remain anonymous, which I totally understand. Uh, he spoke to one developer who said, Most companies are terrible at preserving their games, and piracy and other means have salvaged or saved many games. Um, based on this breach, Nintendo is much better than most at archiving, but that's why invasive data theft of this magnitude, while an anomaly, shouldn't be encouraged. So, I thought that was a good quote. Yeah.
3: So I do think that is an interesting thing to glean from all of this is that, yeah, Nintendo is great at archiving these things, and they do still have a ton of things left over. And hopefully we can get a contextualized version of this sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, that's, there's still so much more in this like quote gig leak than we have gone over, but those are just some of our favorites. And I hope that our contextualization has helped you kind of understand the, uh, the magnitude of all of this. And with that, I do want to go into looking at some yaps from our audience. <laughs> so last week, I well not last week, the week before last week, the last time we had a video NBC, I asked everyone to send us some video comments on IGN.com answering a question and we wanted you to tell us about a story moment from a nintendo game that made an impact on you this was originally a question sent to us by eric from cleveland he emailed us at nbc at ign.com and he said sometimes games have the opportunity to tell impactful stories even more effectively than books or movies and i think this is due to their more drawn-out nature a game could take you 50 hours to complete while a movie is only about two does anyone on the panel have moments from gaming that hold a special place in their hearts in terms of the story impact? Is it made more meaningful when gameplay is involved like in Super Mario Odyssey? And what are your thoughts on the different effect video game stories have on audiences as opposed to movies, books, TV shows, etc.? cetera? Eric included an example like, quote, the mind-blowing realization that players, this is a Mario Odyssey spoiler. Should I do this? Should I spoil Mario Odyssey?
2: Game's been out for three years. It's fine.
3: Okay. cover
0: your ears so you if your
2: forward, Cover,
3: cover your ears yeah. while i'm covering my ears and i'll uncover yeah, them jump when i had one far. minute yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> the
3: mind-blowing realization that players came to when they had to throw cappy at bowser and take over his body at the end of super mario odyssey all right end of that. Story. that was
1: amazing which was like a portal to moon moment right yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah
3: so exactly. let's start off by checking out jonathan's answer to this question
2: Hey, NBC. So
1: a memorable Nintendo story moment for me was probably Wind Waker going down into the ocean and discovering that in character that the, the legends were true, that everything was true, um, was magical in and of itself. But also as the player, um, finally connecting the stories between Ocarina of Time when I was younger to Wind Waker when I was a little older was such a great moment. As far as, um, your bonus question, yes. Storytelling in a video game is entirely different because you control the character uh, versus watching a movie. Just take The Last of Us 2. I'm not going to say any spoilers, but controlling the character
2: makes a huge difference for empathy.
0: Man, That's nailed a, it. Not only did yeah. he give the exact same answer I was going to give, but he looks like my brother. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought you were punking us, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, no. That, you know, I, I wanted to uh, kind of you know pad out the show a little bit, send in some videos. With my alter ego <laughs> Thank you, John. No, the the Last of Us 2, That's that was my exact answer for that because I think that that's where a, a game like a game can transcend a movie in terms of storytelling because it is it is sort of sort of forcing you to control a scenario and push forward in a scenario that you may not necessarily want to or feel comfortable doing. Whereas a movie happens without you can fall asleep and and beat a movie, you know? It's
2: it's (laughs) passive versus active participation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I hear some some people are, are, you know, have a negative reaction to that when a game... Forces you to make a decision you don't want to make. Like Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effects ending was the same way. Shadow of the Colossus, where you're like, you're playing and you're doing things and you're like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, but I can't. If I want to progress, I have to do it. And The Last of Us obviously falls into that camp. Like, but it, it but it creates this kind of moment where you're like, you're coming to terms with the character having to do that like it forces you to do what the character feels they have to do and like that that has a real impact i think it's (laughs) fascinating too
3: i i wanted to bring up the shadow classes as well for that exact reason and the ending just it it causes so many different emotions and you definitely wouldn't get that from a movie for the exact reason that you just said because you did it you right you you caused this fate by playing this game and it is your fault. And I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to bring the Majora's mask up for that reason, because honestly there are so many small moments in Majora's Mask that are heartbreaking and they're all, they're not all things because of you, but at the end of the day, you can't save everyone in Majora's mask. And that is an experience you can't, you don't get from a movie because you that's are making true. those choices. And yeah, and that's, keep going sorry oh no that's it that's the end of my yeah.
1: thought I, no just to add on to that i think the the one challenge you have with nintendo examples is that nintendo you know obviously is now more focused on storytelling but for a long time really was more about the kind of tactile interactions and platforming and all of that and story took kind of more of a played a second fiddle but if you look at the zelda games i think a lot of them have those moments like the you know, finding the forgotten Hyrule under the the ocean waves, and like for me, the big moment um, in a Zelda game is actually. One of my less favorite Zelda games is Skyward Sword, which often get, gets a bad bad rep, but it had the story moment. And like, if you don't want it spoiled, I'm going to do the ears thing too for like 10 seconds. But you get to this point, like there's, a, there's this grandma character in the game and you get to this point where it is revealed that that is Impa and yeah. that, you know, this is in the future and this character is now old. That moment was so touching and so amazing built into the, into the middle of this game. It was so cool.
3: Mm-hmm. I and that too. <laughs> I also so wanted good. to. Gosh, on I I was just we actually had a lot of yaps that were about Zelda specifically because I think yep. Zelda is one of Nintendo's stronger storytelling yeah. franchises. And mm-hmm. um, but we did get one answer that wasn't about a Zelda game, and this was one was from Mike staub about Super Mario RPG. Let's hear what he has to say.
0: Hey everyone, my name is Mike. I'm from Long Island, New York, and my favorite gameplay moment of this. Ilk is when the star spirit possesses Geno in Super Mario RPG. I think it's one of the greatest scenes in the game where the star spirit comes down from the star road and gives this little doll life. And he has to kind of figure out how to use his body. And I think it's endearing to who the character is because he's supposed to be this heroic knight character. What's the manifestation of wishes? However, with the gameplay moment, that same game in Mario RPG has a great moment where you look at wishes on the
2: star hill and you get to see a wish that says, I wish I was a great plumber like my brother Mario. And that's, that's lovely. That's <laughs> everything that Nintendo is great at. That's like one of the most eloquent, soft-spoken Long Islanders I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Yeah, Mike, Mike's a good dude. He's you know, a great he's, guy. Yeah, he's pretty active in the NBC community. I mean, we've interacted a lot on Twitter. Mike's a, Mike's a good guy. Awesome. Yeah,
3: thank you for sharing that.
2: I love that answer too. That's really yeah. good.
3: Yeah, really. It's not something I would have I would have thought of and it just goes to show how games can touch so many different people so differently and, yeah. and positively. It just causes emotions all over the place.
0: <laughs> Mario RPG still not in the SNES online thing on Switch, right?
3: No, but I don't it think is on so. the
2: SNES Classic. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's true. So it is half a foot away from me.
2: No matter how I slice it, It, it's 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 one HDMI cable switch away, Brian. Just (laughs) I saw this tweet going around the other day that was like,
0: before you before you go buy something, if you're 35 years old, you probably already have two of them. Go look around and find it.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
3: very good. And uh, Zach, before we move on, did you have a a gaming moment that you wanted to point out as well?
2: Um, yeah, I uh, mine's also a Zelda moment, but I really love Hmm. the end of Cass's quest in Breath of the Wild. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that quest. And when you finally get Cass's song, it really kind of recontextualizes and like repaints Zelda and Link's relationship and how that world is, you know, kind of thought about. I I just thought it was really cool. And it's a really easy thing to miss in, in Breath of the Wild, unless mm-hmm. you're doing like everything, everything. Um, but yeah, that game is just the gift that continues to keep mm-hmm. on giving. So...
3: So thank you everyone so much for sending in your yaps. I super appreciate it. Let me know in the comments or on NBC podcast forums, how you thought about this whole process from last week and the week before. I want to know if this is something you think we should keep doing. Um, And with that, I do want to talk about some smaller news stories that won't take up as much time, but one of the first stories I want to talk about is persona five scramble has been confirmed for western release and i I put up like the quote fingers because it wasn't like officially revealed but in Koei tecmo's latest financial report persona 5 scramble the phantom strikers is listed as a western title and project so no other additional information we all are already assumed it was coming out here eventually still don't know when but hey we got an extra confirmation that they're still thinking about it Mm -hmm. that's right that's about it And I also wanted to mention that Animal Crossing New Horizons backup services are now available. And I say now available, it's not available for us right now because we're recording this on the 29th, but for you, it's after the 30th, which means it is available. And the Island Backup Restoration Service was one that had been promised for a while and was of importance because... Before this, if you were to lose or break your Switch, your island would be gone with it. But now with this new service, Nintendo Switch Online members, and that's kind of like an asterisk, right? You have to have the online service to be able to use this, which is kind of, don't know how I feel about that. But you can enable a backup system that will automatically upload your island and user save data to the internet at certain times. And if you were to lose or break your Switch, and this was enabled, Nintendo customer support would be able to get you back on your island as you last left it.
2: Hey Brian. steps. Uh, maybe your old breath of the wild save is out there. Uh, you
3: know? That's
2: sad. Oh man. Not there in either, you know. <laughs> but I, I'm
1: It's Are Look, you I, cry mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, No, okay. he's very sad, yeah. But like, I'm, yeah, glad I mean, that, I'm glad yeah, that I'm glad, the, re- I'm, I'm very I'm glad the recovery calling. exists now, so that's good. <laughs> I can sleep easier.
0: Yeah, I was um I was saying this uh on a show the other day, but the that's Animal Crossing basically killed my Switch Lite. Like it made me mm-hmm. never want to play it again because I started I loved my Switch Lite. I was playing it constantly, um, and then Animal Crossing made me decide which system I wanted to start it on. And I started it on my regular Switch so I could play it docked, uh, and also because I'm not really traveling. And then I decided, oh, I you know I'm playing Animal Crossing here all the time. Might as well play all my games here all the time. And so I just, like, my Switch Lite's been in a drawer for, like, four months just sitting there. It's kind of a bummer.
3: I do, I don't necessarily like how tedious this process sounds. I mean, it sounds like you'd have to contact Nintendo customer support to get your island back. I guess that would prevent cheating, I guess. But also, can you as often as someone's switch, switch is broken or stolen. I don't know. Pear, what do you think?
1: Something. It's Something. look at, Yeah. If if you are, if you travel a lot with your switch or you worry, this gives you peace of mind now and you can at least get a more recent version of your Island. And like for a game that is designed to be played a year at least to see everything new released every month, I think that's a good thing. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad they worked on this and they came up with a way to do this through customer service. Obviously True. for it to be more turnkey, like restoring uh, the data from a server or having the, the data live um, on a server like that would be a nicer solution, but i take it.
3: Yeah, it is better than nothing. And now mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about losing your island forever in case something happens, as long as you have Nintendo Switch Online membership. Yep. So yeah.
1: I love that they listen to this. So that, I think yeah. that's
3: a really positive. Yeah, thing. yeah it's good. I, it's I think for right. anyone who plays Animal Crossing, this is actually the the best reason to get Nintendo Switch Online if you don't already have it. Honestly, I think it's worth it. And that was about all of the news that we had for this week. And we had a lot of conversations to talk about, but and because of that, we're going to skip at the out this week section. But I do want to talk about games that we're playing. Zach, what games are you playing this week?
2: um yeah this week um i got back into paper mario um i i played a lot of paper mario for the preview that i did some time ago um and then i took a break uh because i went like real hard on ghost of tsushima over on the playstation but now i'm back with switch and back into paper mario i've been playing carry on which i really like a lot um the locomotion in that is very cool uh brian you're also playing that Perry, you're also playing that right Yeah. Um, So I I won't spend too much time because I figure we'll we'll all probably talk about that. And then the other game that I'm playing, and I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the show much, but I'm playing um, uh, Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon two. I totally skipped that one. That's really good to hear that. that Which is, it's so awesome. It it like it's such a great in the same way that Shovel Knight is a perfect evolution of like Mega Man on the NES or Ducktales on the NES. Like this is such a perfect evolution of Castlevania. It even takes the stuff that the first. Uh, Curse of the Moon did like the character swapping and stuff like that and improves on that um, really, really cool ideas, really interesting stuff happening in a very old school, very old school, difficult game. Um, but like, I, it just, it's a testament to me, like Inti creates, I think is one of the best teams out there. I love yeah. the stuff that they make. Uh, and every time that they do something like this, it just, you know, I'm, I'm completely taken aback at how, how talented and how creative that team is. I'm a big, big fan of their work. So, uh, that's, those are my shouts for this week. I'm buying it right now. Oh, man.
0: I totally forgot about that.
2: Power of sh- Yeah.
1: Yeah. I am. Um, so, you know, I think Brian played the most of Carry On of Us. So maybe he, he can I do the more in-depth uh, impressions. Sure. But um, I, I really love the way this game looks and feels and the way that they designed the creature. You're in charge of this gross tentacle bloody mess of a creature and you explore the area like there there's some there's some things that i don't love the the way that you interact with objects and you grab them and you throw mm-hmm. them it doesn't feel as intuitive as it should be like it's uh, yeah, but it but it like it is a really cool feeling game and the way you can like super speedily get through the levels i almost wish it was a scrolling game rather than a <laughs> a screen-based game because it just feels the look emotion feels so good in that game right um
0: yeah um it's it's sort of a metroidvania i mean it doesn't it, mm-hmm. I, I guess you could say it is it doesn't have it is yeah it doesn't have a ton of those elements but it has just enough i think to qualify for that term um i'm with you in that like grabbing stuff is a little kind of finicky in this game but um yeah the sort of player I, I movement like kind of have to is guess, amazing
2: you know what i mean like i feel like yeah. you just guess when you grab stuff it's like well i think yeah, I did i get it or not right yeah direction. yeah exactly well especially when you're so yeah
0: i mean for reference it's sort of like a reverse horror game where you play as the monster and
2: uh it's like the thing like it's it's the thing the
0: game except you play as the thing which i love yeah it's like one of my favorite horror movies of all time so i was super excited for this one um the the more you eat and uh, sort of ingest the more the larger your creature gets and then sometimes it does get a little indiscernible as to what part of it you're specifically controlling. Like, there's a couple parts where there's guys with guns and they're trying to kill you, and you're like, oh, I'll just hit up and hide up here. But, like, your entire, you know, bulbous lower half just drapes down and flops, and they're just shooting at it. So that gets difficult. Um, My number one issue in this game, now that I'm right at the end of it, and I just talked about this on Beyond yesterday, so sorry if I'm double-dipping here, but um, it doesn't have a map. And that's, like, the cardinal sin for Metroidvania games, right? Like... Uh, it's has, it hasn't been since like Metroid two for the GBA that I've played a Metroidvania game like this, that doesn't have a map in any capacity. So it's kind of a bummer, um, because I'm right at the very end of the game and I'm not sure exactly where I need to go. And so I'm just like, I'm going everywhere looking for this thing and I'm backtracking like crazy. And I, there's no, like, there's no sort of like directive of like, you know, here's your mission objective. It's all, um, sort of deliberately obtuse to kind of show the fact that you are playing as this monster. Like, you know, it's not like he's, he's not getting phone calls and stuff like that. And so.
1: Yeah. And, um, and there's no, there's no visual distinction between the areas. Like the game looks very similar, at least the the parts that I've seen maybe later mm-hmm. in the game, it looks different. So it it's gets, not it like
0: it's a little more diverse. Yeah. On,
1: but yeah. Okay. Good, good. Cause it's not like here's an ice world. Here's a forest world. It's like, it's, uh, you know, it's labs, right?
0: Yeah. It like I'm I'm so close to A finishing it and B recommending it as like one of my favorite Metroidvania games of this generation. But the frustration of not having a map at this specific point in the game is really kicking in to the point where like I can't fully tell our audience, like, you would absolutely love this game because I think that there's a it there's just like a little bit too much of that sort of like quality of life lost right there that they could have gotcha. I think could have been fixed I think it like just a very simple like n- n- node beeping to where you need to go next or something if you need it in lieu of a map something um, but I, I love this game so much otherwise like and that's what it's yeah. what sucks because like I'm so close to being like this is easily one of my favorite games on switch it's so damn good um, just a kind of couple little things holding it back from being perfect I
3: mean maybe it's you crazy. don't have a map because monsters don't use maps and they're trying to emulate you being dumber wow. than a person. That's As, true. It's a, it's a stupid excuse, but I'm just I
1: <laughs> Brian, I think yeah. she just said you're dumber than other people.
3: No. I'm completely okay I'm just with that. Trying to yeah. emulate by not giving you a <laughs> <You> map.
1: You monster. <laughs> hey I'm playing um I'm playing I'm I'm playing carry on. I'm playing uh Crisis, which uh oh, I, yeah, I started to playing do- that too. I had to buy it just to see what it looked like. It is it is a good looking game for Switch, right? Like yeah. it is a it, and 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 you know, it doesn't you can't you can't say it looks like the PC game running on beefy hardware, it doesn't. It 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 looks somewhere in between the PC game and the, you know, the 360 PS3 versions, but it on the tiny screen running smoothly at 720p, it looks really good and it does the you know, crisis is a pretty good game. It's not my favorite first person shooter, so I'm like I was more interested because of the the, the, the technical factor here and seeing this game run. but you know it's a it's a game that has a lot of foliage, a lot of trees, a lot of water, a lot of moving parts and stealth and all of that and it's a, yeah. definitely one of the better first person shooter ports.
0: Well, kind of sucks and if you download this game just know this if you haven't played it in a while or if you've never played it before uh, the first yeah. 20 minutes of this game in the tutorial section are all at night and so right off the bat you're going to you won't really be able to tell what your switch is pulling off graphically because it's, yeah. it's just so dark um, also uh, this game is like severely lacking in accessibility options severely like they ported mm. they ported h like 60 75 inch television text down to the, you know, five-inch screen on Switch. And it is, it's oh, got the tiniest... Learn. I know, right? Yeah. It has the tiniest, uh, the, the tiniest fonts I've ever seen in a video game, like straight up. It is like almost oh, illegible. Right. Um, and also there are no, despite being like a remastered port and a Switch port, or a, a, a Switch port of a, one of the sort of m- most benchmarked uh, PC games of all time, there are no options uh, in the settings to adjust any sort of like... Graphical capabilities or anything like that. Like it's yeah. basically just brightness, and that's kind it's, of a bummer. I, I would have loved yeah. to be able to like kind of toy with stuff a little bit. This is this is a game that has historically been used to sort of test out new PC rigs, and there was so much fine tuning and tweaking that went into that, and that that's gone here. uh That said, there, there's not really a ton of competent first person shooters on Switch, and like Paris said, in handheld mode, this game is gorgeous. It's fun. It controls well. Uh, you just got to, yeah, you got to get some, some of the garbage out of the way. But I, I really, I, I'm really glad it's here either way. It's, it's a bizarre yeah. anomaly,
1: you know, that it even I, exists. It, it's, you know, and and I will go back to it and play it some more, but honestly I am at this point with Paper Mario where I'm totally in love with that game. And so I kind of blocked out all the other games. I, you know, I've moved on from, I, fin- I finished Tsushima and all the other great PlayStation games that are, that are out and like, Paper Mario is a joy. I'm really liking it there. You know, the, the issues that I've had from the beginning around the battle system and, you know, the lack of kind of character progression and, and kind of earning upgrades is still there. And that is the game's one big flaw, but man, the, it is so funny. I'm in this desert area. I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it like the, the, The dungeon here feels like something ripped out of Wind Waker. The sense of humor around what happened to the toads and the boss and all of that is just—it's so good. I'm—I'm really digging it.
2: Yeah, I think you nailed exactly how I'm feeling about Paper Mario as well. I think as as the actual game part of it is Mm -hmm. good. You know, like I think we gave it a seven and that, yeah. like as a game yes exactly but the writing the the art direction um the dungeon design like there's there's stuff like you're saying like it does they do feel like little little mini zelda dungeons like all that stuff is so good i, I i'm really digging it quite a bit the comedic timing is so good and
1: it's it's done a lot of it is what the characters do rather than what is said like there's yeah. funny writing and lots of dad jokes whenever you rescue a toad so, which you will do a lot but like it's like the stuff that happens in the background like a shadow walking by or the way
2: you know your your friend reacts to what's going around it's so good the toad stuff the toad stuff is like some of my favorite stuff and I'll, I'll i'll talk about one thing that really really made me laugh super hard um this is a minor spoiler but you know you get an item that that buzzes the closer you get to toads so it's just constantly buzzing. You're constantly around a toad. So there's they're everywhere in this game. And there was one area where I could not find this final toad. I knew there was only one left in the area, but I couldn't find him anywhere. And there was uh, like uh, binoculars, you know, like the like the uh, outdoor binoculars that you use, like a viewfinder when you want to see something in the distance. And you walk up to it, and you have the option to look through it. And when you look through it you see the little binocular view, but in the binocular view, it's just the only the face of a toad, just the two little lines in the mouth. And I laughed so hard that I had to like set the controller down because it was so unbelievably funny because you just see Dude, this like this. This is so good. They I are, do- without spoiling
1: it, there are more moments like that where a toad mm-hmm. is just stuck in a place where the environment gives away that they're there. And it's just when you figure it out, you're like, oh my God, it's so
3: good <laughs> i keep hearing that the humor in paper mario origami king is just amazing great it's really Next good yeah.
2: i think it's really hard for video games to be genuinely funny and this game is like really really funny yeah. mm-hmm.
3: well thanks everyone for sharing with me what you are playing and we did technically already answer a question block question but let's <laughs> let's find the time for one more we'll do this one. question block question from harry loisitis
0: harry asks, loisitis my man
3: Lozitis. Okay, cool. I got it mostly right. Yeah. They ask, what six Nintendo characters would be the Avengers of video games? And before we answer this question, so you know the original six Avengers are Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. And
1: Well, Haw- 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 Hawkeye's Link, right?
3: <laughs> right? Do we want to do one to one, or do we just want to put it together, the six most iconic characters?
0: We're going with the movie Avengers, right? Because isn't the original... I the think other original Avengers is like a weird. There's like a
3: movie yeah, Avengers. There. Okay, we'll go with that because we're mainstream.
1: <laughs> I would do one to one matches.
3: Okay. In which
1: case, Iron Iron Man is Samus. Yes. Hulk is definitely Kirby or Kirby <laughs> Donkey Kong. Okay. No, it's Kirby. Uh,
3: huh? What? <laughs> Hulk. Hulk is. Hulk Hulk's is Donald Donkey Kong.
1: Kong. Hulk is Donkey Kong. Okay, okay. Sure. fine. Yeah. yeah. And then we. Thor said, Thor is Pikachu, <laughs> <laughs> and then Mario has got to be Cap, right?
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. Mario's Captain America.
1: Who who are missing?
3: Black Widow.
1: Oh, Black Widow. Diving deep into Nintendo's roster of strong female leads, we already Blue Samus on Iron well, Man. We can
3: put. Hmm. There, we, why don't we do? There's
1: Bayonetta, kind of <laughs> borrowed, owned.
3: <laughs> what about a? Uh... No, I think that makes sense. But do we want to be do Bayonetta and then leave out Fox, Kirby, and Yoshi?
2: Well, Fox, hard. Kirby, and Yoshi, none of those are... Maybe Fox is Black Widow. What?
3: Because <laughs> <laughs> they're both Foxes. Uh, that was terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> well,
1: because you can always you say play, Yoshi oh, is Rocket if you expand the roster.
2: True. And if you play as Fox in, in uh, Smash Brothers, he's doing a lot of like karate moves like Black Widow mm-hmm. does. That's where I was going with that.
0: Yeah.
3: I think yep. Banetta would make more sense, though.
0: You guys I think Link's f- dirty,
1: by the way. It's not fair. Yeah.
0: As, you know,
3: <laughs> as Hawkeye? Oh, what, oh, uh,
1: by the way, I just want to let you guys know that Captain Falcon is Falcon. <laughs>
3: okay. That makes sense. All right. There, we did it. We did it. Uh, your expanded Avengers as Nintendo characters. Uh, please don't argue with that you're the number one authority on this very specific matter and that was nbc for the week of july 30th thank you so much for watching and or listening remember you can catch nintendo voice chat every thursday at 3 p.m pacific time on your favorite podcasting platform or ign.com or youtube.com everyone thank you for joining me and remember nintendo voice chat is the only place you can
2: get the thing